if the world we live in in the future is going to have to be people that have to have imagination and creativity to be able to fix a lot of these problems, we need a bigger pool. I think that the you know the same way we're looking at investing is the same way people have to be thinking about talent is where can you bring that diversity of thought? The people that brought us here are not going to be the people that fix it. Welcome to the Making of a Hoodie podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Making of a Hoodie podcast where we start with the essence of an idea and the idea might be seaweed, it might be about co-CEOs and trying to work out how we can level the playing field in the boardroom, it might be about kindness or imagination or a class of mentors as teachers. We start with that idea and then in this podcast, we turn it into a lab. We follow a method of unlikely connections of what we've worked on at AIM since we were created 18 years ago. And we follow those unlikely connections to bring together a mix of people from all over the world to design through narrative, to anchor ourselves in our stories, our knowledge, where we're from, and then take a moment to build a hoodie and a project and to see what can happen and what can flow from that. This is the Making of a Hoodie podcast and I'm Jack Manning-Bancroft, the CEO and founder of AIM and this is episode zero and we're so excited for episode zero to be connected with Johnny Mayer who is one of the founders at Ethic Investment who are going to help support us as teammates along this journey as we roll out these podcasts every couple of weeks to bring to life a vision for the world of of something where we can come together, we can use our imagination and we can create tangible change through unlikely connections. Welcome to the podcast and let's get into it. Thank you. Jack, that was a, a, a great intro and um, a little, I mean, a little bit of background, I guess, for me is, um, and I think one of the things I really connect through with the imagination is just my kind of, I feel like with my whole life, it's just been not necessarily planned, but just going to the next thing or like just following the things that I was interested in. Um, I think, you know, from an early age, I was always interested in building stuff pulling things apart, putting it back together, how um, using a, a mixture of, you know, creativity and engineering and that I sort of followed those paths. Um, uh, but it was always just like, what, you know, where am I going next? You know, and I was just, and so I never really had a plan. I never had this like, oh, I want to be this. Um, I, I sort of just followed the path of, of what, what made sense to me. And I ended up in this crazy world, which, uh, you know, connected through with you and AIM and I never would have imagined where I would end up. But it, it's just been sort of a path of just following, uh, w- you know, what was interesting to me. Um, I mean, where I am today, you know, so uh, yeah, I, I started I started my career off um, and I wouldn't even say it was a career. I, I, I studied engineering, um, but following that sort of path, I... I I, um, I realized that I didn't want, I really in, enjoyed the design aspect of it, but I actually didn't enjoy a lot of the, uh, where you end up within Australia in terms of the mining and resources and maintenance engineering. And so I just was like, well, I've got these skills of problem solving, where can I apply it to? And just and sort of went from there. You know, what, what I'd love to spend a bit of time talking on is 
how the heck do we get to a place where we can value a return on relations and how big is that prize for the world? And as you're sitting looking at your vantage point out in, in New York, um, how do we get to a place where a happy, healthy life is not an offset? And, and is that possible? Well, I mean, it, I mean, it's a very big question. I, I think the, the, the part of being in relation and I think not being transactional, I think is the, the thing that I sort of really connect with. Like what my experience has been over the years is like working with people um, and working with teams. And I'm sure that you've seen this is when you start to um, connect with people, uh, we start to think about them from a, a aspect of not what can be produced, but what can you sort of, you know, create a relation with the work and what you can actually achieve becomes so much more. And, and I think that's one of the big pieces that I've learned is that uh, it's not about, it's not, everything's not outcome focused. It's more about enjoying this sort of journey along with the team, enjoying the smaller wins of um, maybe it's someone learning a, a, a new skill, or maybe it's someone having a challenge and you see them go through that. And it's within those, you know, those different pieces that you actually feel very much connected. The output is, you know, it's, it, 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 it's one component of it, but it's really enjoying that journey. And I think that's the same thing that we're starting to, to, to do, you know, starting to look through with, um, you know, one, even, even like, even with this making of the hoodie, um, program, it's like, okay, you know, you want to create something that's a representation of who you are as a, as a company that can either be a task or it can actually be something that's really fun and a way for us to explore and meet each other and learn a different thing, different about it, a different uh, things about each other. And that's what I'm really excited where it's like, if you, if we start to treat things more about like doing it together, it's not about the, you know, the transaction, but it's more about enjoying this journey, then life becomes so much better and happier. <laughs> yeah. And when you have these, like, there's all these like secrets um, in, in like hidden, hidden agendas and oppositional forces that like where we're amazing at how quickly that just becomes like the norm for us that we go in and we're like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to get my T-shirts made so I'm going to send a, a brief to someone and I know they're going to try and screw me on the price. So, you know, they're mm. going to come back and the whole thing is combative. Like, so creation is combative, which is just like such mm. a horrible way to, to create. And I find, you know, as someone who like really, really values imaginative thought, like that it is really, really, really hard to think imaginatively um, because of the pressures around you to not um, because an imaginative idea isn't necessarily linked to something that already exists. And those of us that have wandered into imaginative spaces for humanity throughout human history have sometimes never come back from that wandering. Like it's really <laughs> freaky and you need the bungee rope to come back and, you know, there's a big group of artists that pass away at 27. There's a big group of like philosophers and thinkers that are, and artists that are tortured throughout their lives because it's really, really hard to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm not important and everything I believe in doesn't actually matter and I'm not even anywhere near in control of my body or my mind or anything. Like I'm at best in like part control of this thing and the earth is spinning at a 1,000 miles an hour and all of this, like when you start to think about all of the complexity 
of what it takes to have life. You can either freeze there, I think, in like mm. the the Netherlands and make beautiful art and help help inspire those of us that are sort of like you know fixed to our locations or fixed to our desks or fixed to our purpose or fixed to our job or fixed to our identity. Or you can be in motion and you can be in movement. And it doesn't have to be a bungee jump of up down. It can be these circles and you're just riding this big wheel of life and you're out in an imaginative state, you're back into a fixed state, you're in flow and you're and you and you're in that movement. And like I, I don't know what your experience has been like with like experimenting with control versus release and emergence, but I think you know that Tyson, Yanka Porter and I hung out with um Fridjof Capra last year and we explored this like processes of emergence and and it's crazy what happens when you take the um, when you're in leadership and you go. Actually, I'm not going to try and control everything. Like I'm going to let it come. I'm still going to you know point in this direction. And like Shackleton is one of the great examples of you know a great leadership story where he went to try and get to the South Pole a number of times, and the last time his boat got frozen and he had to leave his group behind. He took two people, he went to an, he, he missed the island that he thought he was going to and ended up on another island and then left those two people there, then ended up going to where he thought the island was, finally got there, landed on the wrong side, had to climb off this whole, climb over this whole island. He finally got to like the army support base or the naval support base. They found him, he rescued all of these, um, yeah, every, no one died on the mission and he was a hero because no one died. So in terms of that, enjoy the journey, you know, the being able to go, yes, we can go on big pursuits, but we've got life that we're living right now. And I, yeah, I think that tension of control um, versus letting it come is crazy. And one one final thought, and I'll throw it to you and I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking because this is you know, semi meant to be an interview, but it's also a chance for me to just talk. Um, <laughs> but the, the, we had, I got this email this morning before I jumped on this call. And yesterday, like um, two weeks ago, I was like, oh, we need an education league globally. Like, it would just be great to have that the extra credibility. And then like two days ago, I went, actually, no, got to leave space for our gang to grow. And like, we don't need one person to be the hero and just sort of pulled the job that we were going to put out there. Um, and then last night we had this person write to us who was like, are you guys looking for an education league globally? And, and it's the right fit. Like the person could be like a really cool fit. But when you pull the handbrake on, you just kind of go, I'm just going to let it go. And you wait. Um, if you've got strength in, in your belief and, and that energy flow, it can come, which is wacky. Mm. It's so counterintuitive to the work, 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 win, 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 control, 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 destroy yourself, destroy yourself, which is then what we model into our planet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so many interesting threads we can pull there. I mean, I think that the control control piece is just, I think, a huge one. And I, th I think we put on, we, um, uh, we sort of sometimes fool ourselves by thinking that we can somehow control the outcome. And when you, and I think it happens a lot with experience, but when you start to realize that these things aren't in control and you open yourself up, uh, it allows you to look and see and find other avenues. And I think it's, you know, similar like when you travel, it's like interesting when you travel, you go, oh, you know, when you go to another country, it's like, oh, everyone's so friendly and open and talking to me. But actually, it's probably got a lot to do with the state that you're in. You're more open, you're willing, you're putting that energy out there. And I think the same is with where it's imagination and ideas. A lot of us are so fixated on 
that transaction or getting a task done that we're not allowing ourselves to go into that state to be even open or aware to like the that connection that can happen so when you're like going i have to work 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 and do this and do this and you, you those those opportunities are right in front of you but you just miss them because you're not open to doing it and i think there's i mean i'm a big believer of like you know like work is always like cyclical you know you go through cycles where you have to be really really open then sometimes you've got to put your head down and then other times you come out you have to be in a mixed state i think whenever you get into any sort of habit and you keep doing it like that pattern and you ends up digging up you know it's like watching like a like a, a, a dog runner around a fence like if you keep running it's got, you're going to get deeper and deeper and so it's like how can you um um create states that allow you to change into different patterns to be open to change and some of that is um uh some of that is actually just environment so um you know at ethic we were we were talking with the the um, um my two co-founders it's like actually a lot of the larger sort of decisions we've made or bigger things have always done when we were like not in new york we're done outside of new york because we were all open we're all in a different space to be to be able to think through the problem differently and go actually no this is what we're going to do um and so you know changing environment um also looking at i think constraints i actually think constraints can be some of the more create things that actually allow you to create and be creative versus um you know the opposite of having like this like open openness um, and so I, I think a lot of it is just, you know, trying to be able to understand your own mood, understand what's going on and be able to like at least be aware of that to sort of create these environments for you to, you know, to to have a, these moments of, you know, creativity or imagination. How do you, um, how do you grapple with, uh, with sort of acknowledging and seeing like that emergent space and and trying to release control and predictability and then presenting to um, an investor saying here is like some predictable outcomes like you you're still working mm. through that tension and saying this is what I think I can give you with your money yeah well I mean it's even with like so if we think so I mean a little bit of background about what ethic does for those who don't know is so we um, uh so we're we're considered sort of an asset manager or an investment manager so we create uh, investment portfolios um primarily through like um public equities or, or um you know uh companies that are traded on the stock exchange um but what we uh um, what we really do is um it's we're incorporating not only the sort of financial factors that you have to look at um normally but also um, sustainability or externalities of what these companies are doing. So we're looking at how companies, you know, you've got what shareholders care about, which um, has traditionally been sort of just the financials and like the stakeholders, you know, of of those companies, which are um, the environment, um, you know, consumers of the product, the workforce, all of these other factors. So we sort of work closely with um, uh, with you know, people to help define the things that they care about and then to sort of incorporate that into creating a a portfolio that sort of uh, represents, you know, not only their sort of financial goals, but also the things they care about. And so within that, um, it's 
you know, it, it's so it's like really, really interesting that what we had to do is we had to create all of this technology. Um, we had to create all of these like um, uh, ways for us to be able to simulate performance over time to be able to say like table stakes, like here we are doing financially and this is what the thing to really the only conversation that people really want to have is around their values and what they care mm-hmm. about. But you you sort of have to do a table stakes of like making sure that the bases are covered to get to the thing that you actually want to talk about. And I think the same is on the investor's side as you know, you talk about doing these things that are outside of the norm. I think to get people comfortable, you have to sort of cover your bases of like, hey, you know, this is why we're doing it. This is the reason why, you know, it's it's important. And potentially the outcome could be this because we're thinking about things in a different way. And so it's sort of um, bringing someone along for the ride, providing context, and then sort of going, and this could be a huge you know, a huge opportunity um, in many different aspects of impact. Yeah, yeah, it's um kind of when you describe like outside of the norm. From from looking in, it just seems to be, you know, well, I suppose let's try and establish what the norm is. Is the norm a financial investment system that doesn't factor in externalities and offsets? Is that sort of the norm we've inherited? Yeah, well, it's where where we're currently today, but it wasn't necessarily when I think the financial system started. You know, a lot of the sort of this, I don't, I don't think uh, like it's even like if you go back to why do you make an investment? You know, you know, primarily now, and and really, it's sort of I think um, from the seventies, it was like uh, economist um, Milton Friedman that kind of said it, all that matters is sort of shareholders, what the shareholders care, and so I think with that, people said, oh, okay, so it, it's all about return. So if I'm an investor, it's just what do I get in terms of money return? Where I don't think that was always the case. I think that people were like, hey, actually, I want to invest, and whether that's in um, a friend's business or I, I want to invest in something that I believe in. It was like, it didn't have just a return. It was like, actually I'm putting this because I want it to do what I want in the future where I think, Hey, that's a great product. Everyone should have that product. I'm going to invest that, but it kind of changed. And I think that's where it's sort of coming back where people are saying, no, like I don't just like, I care about where my money goes. I care about what you're doing with that. Like, I don't want to feed the future, which is, you know, like investing in something where it's like actually hurting. Um, even if that gives you that short-term, uh, short-term return, there's definitely people out there that are still doing that. But that's where I think we're going. And that's where people are going. We have to be including these externalities. We have to, you know, the price of your, um, your share price has to include those. Um, and, and hopefully that's uh, and we're seeing we're seeing it more and more people interested in that. And you have um, yeah, your Friedman arc in the seventies. Like the there's another significant what would I suppose at that time of where a number of our uh, social structures, a number of our democracies around the world, a number of our um, our societies which are running and nation states which are running on capital and capitalism as sort of the, the central economic framework that there's a pretty big significant shift that's happening you know around 1970 globally and then has happened in the last 50 years which is we've started to again do the most basic of of connections with people outside the margins so that group that was Mm -hmm. able to access capital that group that saw value 
you know, it wasn't until 1967 in Australia that um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people were included in the census as citizens, like just the basic level and, and similar citizenship, you know, challenges which evolved in the 60s, 70s, 80s around the world. So I think, um, you know, when you look to apartheid in, in 1994 and, and, and Mandela moving through in, into his leadership role, like it's, it's a, when you start to look at the wheel of fortune of, let's say there's sort of 20 different like things you can land on when you spin the wheel. The wheel of the 1970s only had four options. You know, there's like 20 mm. now and there's more people. And I think the, you know, the brutality of, of that model is that it was missing so much human potential and so much mm. natural potential. So I'd love you to um, reflect for a moment on on the broader marketplace of um, of opportunity for investment when we think about outside the margins that haven't been included in our economic frame so far, um, the intelligence that hasn't been activated at scale into the system, and then to think beyond humans, you know, to think about nature and, and what's around. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's it. I think it's a a, a really uh, interesting parallel, right? Because you have in, in investments, like think if you think about in, in investments, like it's very reductive just to think about the financials. It's very reductive, and and so even for us, like the way that we think about uh, you know sort of a portfolio, um, even by opening up, is like we don't sort of say, hey, you know, uh, this is. You know, you should be doing this because you know you'll feel good. It's more. It's like this is a better way to invest. You have more information. Getting more th- these um, data points into your investments is going to make you a better investor for the future because you can basically make decisions on things that actually matter. And I think it's similar for um, for companies and teams that are like going. It's like if it you know. It, if the world we live in in the future is going to have to be people that have to have imagination and creativity to be able to fix a lot of these problems, we need a bigger pool. We need more, you know, and so where it was like, oh, we're going to keep it small. It's like, no, you have to widen out because those connections and the having more people think about these problems and, you know, um, and also like, you know, the, the people that have, <laughs> have sort of brought us into into this, uh, you know, uh, with like all of the troubles that we're having throughout the world, whether they're sort of environmental or social issues, the people that brought us here are not going to be the people that fix it, you know. And so I think that, the, you know, the same way we're looking at investing is the same way people have to be thinking about talent is where can you bring that diversity of thought? How do you actually, uh, you know, what is important for that sort of next generation of companies to be able to solve these problems. And then it's like, what do we actually value? And so as we start to think about um, where we're investing, you know, this, I think, you know, we look at sort of where sort of capital is distributed. If you look at sort of a normal portfolio, it's really in companies. Um, but actually everything that we, we do is sort of built upon nature but we don't invest in it. We're not investing in our capital into that, into the protection of that, or even understanding the genius that is within nature. And so, you know, I think as we sort of, um, uh, as we sort of go into these sort of the next few years, I think the investments that people make into, um, you know, different investing in terms of 
um, like creativity, imagination, what we've been, you know, a few of the items we've been talking here. And then also with nature, I think it's going to be really different knowledge. And, and, you know, I think that's where the world has to go. So we have to put, you know, um, capital towards that. Yeah. And you, the, the, um, the protection of nature or the protection of like marginalized people or the protection of, um, you know, people who are going to be suffering challenges from rising sea levels is again, like it's, it's so reductive in the frame and the, Mm -hmm. the, the intelligence that sits there and it's not woo woo wah wah. Like mycelium is the longest continuous surviving multicellular organized network in the planet. So you think we can learn some things from a case study about Facebook, about like who's hot and who's not? Or you reckon we can maybe learn some things from this crazy system which like has intelligence at the end of its node which connects trees to be able to talk to each other and helps trees move? Like, yeah, we can probably learn some stuff from that in terms of how we design our team meetings. And that is not a loopy jump. And I think being able to, you know, if we're going to live happily and healthily on planet Earth, we are a very, very, very small part, a very loud, a very influential part of, of, of planet Earth. But it's not about saving the Earth, climate change. We'll just bounce out. The Earth will be sweet. Mm. It's smart. It'll regenerate. It'll keep moving. There'll be life on Earth. And so the question is, like, Mum and Earth will just be like, sweet, gang, see you later. Like, we'll burn you. We'll flood you. Like, you'll be out of here. We'll give you diseases. And then will replenish and, and will regenerate. So I think the not only like this like the scary badass like you know power of of the earth and the natural world, but I think the intelligence is a prize. Like that's the laziness of like we must protect and conserve like a natural park. Oh sweet. Okay, cool. So we put more gates around it. Like you idiots, just walk in there and like literally look at the way the rings of these trees are moving and you can change the whole way your system of businesses work, including your retail outlets, and you can make more money because the answers aren't Mm. in what we already know. Like they're in different systems. And that's the same with, which I love about like how we've been working together with the Indigenous Systems Knowledge Lab and all the systems labs like with Tyson Younger Porter and Dr. John Davis and Dr. Charles Marshall and, and the gang that are gathering there is... There is a, the prize and the opportunity is to take the intelligence of systems which have very, very, very old wisdom in them and then to weave them into these systems that were designed in the Friedman era and before, um, which were quite reductive in their frames for a small group of people. And some areas brilliant within that, that space, within the framework. But as you said, like if we want to access the potential of human intelligence, it's outside the margins of our existing ecosystem of human beings. And it's also outside, yeah, it's, it's, it's at the edge of the network that we're going to find that intelligence. So I think that's such a, I feel like that's inspiring. Yeah, we don't know the answers yet for climate change, but yeah, we've got 10 to 20 years to, to do a bunch of really good work and there's heaps of sources for intelligence. I think people understand that sort of diversity of thought you know, they go, well, ah, you know, it's better. But actually when you experience, it's so beautiful to, to, to come in with sort of your framing of something and go, oh, this is what I think. And then for someone to go, well, actually I had this experience and this experience was so different like that, that you just go, hang on, that just changed my view on like this problem completely. 
And then you go, well, and then if you you start to experience that in in a few different ways, um, you can then start to actually then apply it even when you don't have that diversity of thought in and when you're solving something go actually maybe um maybe i uh, don't know everything to do with this and maybe i should go and find a different you know sort of set, set of you know whether it's like a different group or a different community to see what they actually have to say about that to get a different viewpoint and then the the sort of problem solving becomes far more richer you know and 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 that and you i've seen it with you know even with you know on a on a small scale with our team you know i think we're from about uh, 16 plus countries around the world and we we have these sessions on in our all team meeting where we'll talk about a sustainability topic like you know we'll we'll get plastic you know what are the things that it's really bad at but what are the things that it's good you know obviously sterilization of medical um uh, uh de- you know devices and um things like that it's really really great single use plastic terrible mm. um and so but then it's really interesting to see where someone goes well i grew up in china and this was my experience or i grew up in south africa or, you know and you start to get these different perspectives that i think just give you such a much more well-rounded and view on things that you maybe thought you knew and that's a time like that's that's accessing like a tiny library of thought isn't it because you kind of you're then yeah. looking you know and and that's where like come on human beings like in terms of advancement of our thinking capabilities that's like step zero to one so <laughs> like lots of people who, are, who who come from different backgrounds that are around your decision making and that's in a logical like practical sense then there's putting yourself into places and spaces where if you want to design with intelligence and and nature human nature is one one intelligence source but the non-human nature and looking at the natural world and I'm looking out at the moment outside my garage at all these trees around me and just thinking well you you look at these regenerative smart design systems you look at how death is a part of um, a, one of the key elements and and truths of life on earth is that there is birth there is death there is entropy movement there is regeneration stardust creates planet earth play out creates light on earth like life on earth so you see these like these moving arcs of circles always kind of moving and that takes you into an, a powerful space of thinking which is a space of like abstraction and flow and then you've got like this really different set of insights where you'll get a signal and and that's that's as important mm-hmm. as as those practical curated moments of like okay so now I talk to the person who has this skin color and the person who has this accent and the person who doesn't speak English and the person who does this and I move around the room and I gather that like that'll get you to level one or two, but if you want to kind of really open it up, you've got to release yourself from your skin. You've got to like literally like peel the skin off and get out of this like fixed space that you're in around your knowledge and what you're at and become some like a satellite that can just go mm-hmm. um, i'm open give me a signal whoa look at that signal and if you're lucky you'll be able to put a few different notes together and all of us might get to like level two out of 10 billion collective intelligence mm-hmm. potential but that's why it's so important that we're networked in unlikely ways that we're moving in ways that that exchange is being passed on and you know ray charles said to a mentor of mine none of us own the notes we're just lucky enough to hold them for a little bit before we pass them on and that's why the secrets being linked to capital success, secrets of the trade, holding on to your knowledge, that has been so harmful, I think, for us because we're never going to get to that 10 billion level, but 
collectively we might you know individually we never will yeah i mean i mean it, you know that just that you know taking the life and death concept and then applying it to a company like okay like so for example exxon you know like you've been doing this like what what happens if there was an actual end to that versus this what i'm going to do is i'm going to try and survive for as long as i have and i'll cause as much harm as i can in my survival versus i know that my time is coming to an end it's it's t- the the people that had learned all of this you know i'm sure that there's um you know amazing research that that they've done but rather than trying to secretly hold it what i'm going to do is i know i'm going to we're going to rebirth and let's use that research to actually fix these things that you know i i don't think you know there's a lot of unintended consequences with creation right um and i don't think the people that were starting a lot of these companies where they're going oh you know this is this is i'm i'm trying to ruin the world i think in many of cases these unintended consequences were like oh, i'm trying to fix something but with but like uh, i think that having but not having these sort of design parameters that we we have within nature or not you know trying to like do it because uh, like keep a company going because that's the thing that you do i think you can start to see how creativity and things can be brought into systems we have now and have huge results you know of like imagine if every company had a, an end date yeah and it's well we all as humans do so it's not it shouldn't be the crazy logical jump it's something that you know we're we're reflecting on deeply at aim at the moment i've taken the idea to our board and we're working through it and the, like I really want to set a death date frame and really healthily be able to talk about it and say this is our death date like call it what it is life you know we were founded we we want to celebrate founders cool go for it founders and the murderers of our organizations should be should be both you know equally powerfully lifted up if it's intentional if if it's working towards an intentional death to then pass on knowledge and regenerate to intentionally design with death and i think mm. i one of the things i've super struggled with in in the model of our governance system with board of directors is that there's one lever that was brought in i think it was in the 18th or 19th century in the uk as they were setting up a bunch of the legislative functions around corporate governance and they brought in bankruptcy as um as a as a responsibility that could sit with the directors and it was to try and protect the shareholders because some people were going rogue and then the directors would like you know not have any responsibility so there's a a focus if you're a director of a company if your company goes bankrupt um and you're you know about it then the 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 measurement I actually sort of found the lever in it the measurement's actually around intentionality um so there's you know did you go bankrupt and then therefore the gut, the the directors like i think you can be like blacklisted for like 5 years for not being able to sit in another company sometimes you're not allowed to like get your own houses like you you can there can be serious consequences for people who are directors now that's for what i would describe as like um like going bankrupt unintentionally so the organization um you know running running poorly into the ground the other one is to like be life rich which is to intentionally move towards death of your organization and as we've started talking about that it's a very different tone to risk because for a vision you're like oh actually 
there's this there's again there's this hidden lever underneath which is oh, i don't know if we can do that because it might cause a big problem for us so we might end up bankrupt and i might end up not being able to like own a home um in my life or none of my friends will talk to me i can never sit on a board a- again so the appetite to risk for directors with that lever i understand why it's there but it ends up with quite a gnarly like um you know set of consequences on the way you run organizations by going intentionally to go oh, actually, we're working towards this, um, then you release that and, and it's transparent and everyone's working towards a space. And so for this podcast, for example, we just want to do it for 10 years. We don't want to make billions and billions of hoodies. Like we did 10 years, a bunch of really focused projects, and we're setting ourselves a 10-year runway for all of the projects we're working towards, the nation we're going to build. We're setting a death point for it because then you get to move together, I reckon, Like, and you get to move mm. past um, that sense of a hidden agenda of like, well, what are you going to do in 10 years once you've got all this power amassed and all those things and for everyone around you is looking at you like a shadow. But I think death gives us a chance to move into a space of transparency and just go, yeah, that's what we're working towards. Um, there, there ain't like too many hidden agendas here. Like we're just going to try and get that thing done. Yeah, I mean, it's fa- fascinating how these, these um you know, with with some of the systems we have set up where they're so the incentive uh the incentives are so hard for you to make change. And a lot of that could be um uh, like technical systems that you set up which aren't adaptive, so they can't change. So they basically, you know, um where the world is going, you can't actually move towards that because you've got this like infrastructure that can't be moved. Um, you know, setting up these sort of governance structures that don't allow you to change easily or for you to change, there's some legal ramification, um, like social structures that we have where it's like, oh, you know, you, that person's like this because, you know, it's outside of those. You know, um, and we even see it like, for example, on the sustainability side, you know, things that were never designed or to have the thing, but like tax is a real um like is a is a structure that's actually um stops people from being as sustainable as they want because it's like well you know if i'm going to make a decision to move to towards a more sustainable company as it means right now i have to sell which means that i have to take that particular uh, particular you know tax um uh you know uh, have to pay that particular taxing which could might be like a large um, a large amount and it's like well I, I i can't do that right now because maybe i don't have the money or maybe you know there's all of these things where um there's these incentives that are now we're stopping people they go well i can't actually be do that right now you know but i want to but like from a you know from my own uh reasons i can't and so there's all of these systems like that that just like that are stopping people from affecting change um which is which is which is unintended uh, for sure, but it, yeah, yeah, and the, and the, the beauty is like you can see how that can be changed, right? So government legislation to say if you're going to move your investment towards a sustainable entity in these, you know, ten organisations investment groups that we've said are green stickered as investment entities, mm-hmm. then we are going to support your transition, and you will not have to pay tax for that, and that's your policy. And and same with like you know with governance, I'm hopeful that. If we can work towards this endpoint destination and work to, to to working towards the healthy death of aim, that that will give a case study for governance models 
and for other people to work both in the for profit um, and for purpose sector globally. And uh, yeah, so you can do it. That's the exciting thing. You know, you can find the lever and mm. go, okay, that's a challenge, but they're not they're not impossible things. Like an impossible mm. thing in my mind is like, yeah, I don't know how to fly the moon. Um, but you know, talking to people yeah, like yeah. for ten years, like it'll be a bit arduous. It won't be the most exciting thing, but it'll probably take a decade. But then you've you've moved that lever, and then it's opened up after that. For this project, we we've got a design lab where we're going to try and you know make a hoodie and. Um, and with you guys, I think to, to kickstart it for episode zero, we're looking at helping you make um, a uniform for your team and then maybe over time exploring what we can do um, to create like some meaningful hoodies together. But what would you love to see on the ethic hoodie that we could create or in the uniform that we help build for you guys? Well, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of the concepts that we've sort of spoken about um, you know, um, that sort of come up, but the, the way that I think about, you know, when I think about ethic is we're very, um, uh, and I think we've sort of been this from day one. It's like, is like the people, the, the people at ethic is really like what makes it special. Um, and it's like the, it, it, and it's the connection through to doing things that are, you know, the right way, um, the processes that we sort of have in place for building, which is not about outcome driven, but more about enjoying the journey. Um, you know, we uh, I think is like when I think about like who we are and uh, as a as a firm is like yeah, from day one it was kind of we were very intentional with sort of the culture and and creating an environment where people could do their best work. Um, and so I think some of those is just some of the things we've spoken about, which is like. Um, that sort of a group of people you know that sort of diversity of thought um different skills we have lots of different like um but you know to do what we do actually takes like a a, a range from you have everything from people that are doing portfolio management to trading to data science to creativity to like you know creative sort of branding design user experience all the way through to like finance and you know um you know financial modeling and so we have such a like it, it's like such a crazy group of different people um that with very different skill sets on one you know you might have someone who's a relationship manager who just loves people and loves sharing stories that way and then you might have you know someone who's just like I love looking for insights and, you know, within like data and, you know, um, you know, uh, just is crazy about statistics. And I think that we have such a different range of skills, but the whole sort of the common thread is that when what we've tried to do is create an environment where people can just be themselves. Um, and that's actually like quite, you know, is, 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 is something that you know it's been quite hard for people to go like oh well I don't have to wear a mask to work I don't I can just you know um, be a little bit weird and crazy and things like that and I think um, that sort of as I think about what the representation of that is, of is like um, I think yeah like yeah, I, I think about color being such a good, a good way of representing the differences um, even like I think we I think I mentioned we sort of um, uh, we we had this like tie-dye day at, at work and that somehow got taken and sort of put out there but the sort of 
that sort of crazy feeling of just like you know being so many different so i think color is like a really good um um sort of piece of that i also think sort of um patterns as well of like process you know we do we have um we have kind of you know both sides of being creative you know sort of trying to remove constraints trying to be open we can do what you know sort of uh, we can sort of build whatever we want, but then we do really have sort of structures and patterns that are very, um, that that are, uh, that allow us to sort of have scale and have impact. Yeah, I wonder whether there's like a, I'm almost visualizing you could play um, like a reversible hoodie. And so you could have the mm. two sides and you could have the, which is, you could have the outside kind of potentially um like a tie-dye kind of world um and and then inside maybe is like more of that patterning and that interlinked mm. so it's sort of like a and that one might be like that might be a black on black print or it might be something mm. that you guys know about that it's really you know it's really subtle and when you get up close you can see the patterns that are working underneath all of the color and the life and so you can you know, you can wear your, your New York black um, hoodie for for some meetings and, and the, the tie-dye one and sort of flip it in and out. And knowing you guys, it's probably that the tie-dye one's worn for the most serious ones and the, um, <laughs> the more joking ones. Yeah, you could, you, could, you could change halfway through the meeting too. Yeah, 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 cool. This is going really bad. <laughs> time, to, time to tie-dye it up. Um, yeah, time to, yeah. The, and the other thing which I thought was interesting was thinking about the individual story in a way that you might be able to play with that and I was thinking about how business cards are kind of gone um you know as a as a currency like as much as I used to be and you know name tags or like a chance to sketch something or a fabric pen that sort of comes with it or leaving Mm. like like a notice board or an arm or something where people could collage or build it or like a space to sort of sew some stuff together and or maybe it's like a, a blank sleeve like um that's left like we print you know there's all the tie-dye stuff and then there's just like you sew on just a blank sleeve and that's up to everyone in the team to do what they want with it yeah that's cool you could add in sort of like either yeah patches or things like that that represent individual people's sort of contributions yeah to the yeah Yeah, i I love that idea patching it together i think kind of finding that way to to like really clearly on and you know you wear your heart on your sleeve and and it might be a nice like we've been exploring a lot with sewing and um and exploring those ways to to just get like in touch with how things get created which i think could be a really nice creative process for for you guys as well to go actually we're going to deliver it to you unfinished um mm. and then because that's, you know, the true cost of clothing and the time it takes to make something and someone somewhere is going to be sewing it and for people that, that are really interested as you, as you guys are in how things get made and what's the cost of it and what's the process, that could be a really nice like sewing challenge for a month to go, all right, we're all going to sew, you know, let's find some patches and let's, let's build that out. Yeah. Let's work out how we could diet. You know, if you want to diet, diet naturally. Like set, we can set some design parameters to make it ethical to recycle some old um material and yeah that could be a cool um a bit about me yeah just have it on your sleeve well i love that as well because like you know with even with our clients like everyone's portfolio is really individual you know mm-hmm. they're you know everyone cares about different 
components of sustainability or what you're you know like uh, you, you have different ranges of like you know some people are very focused on climate and the environment you know and and others are, you know, and so having that individual component of it is like um, you know and that we do that representation on our website through color mm. so we've got this switching color which is like everyone's different it's you know um, so I really like that idea of sort of um, um, you know uh, that idea of it being very individual um, I also think the the component of like exploring some of the like what is sustainability you know from a system point of view and uh, uh, you know um, Tyson's done some great you know work uh, um, and understanding around those components but I think sort of pointing to this sort of sustainability not being um, it, it's more about a process versus uh, and a system versus being like a thing I think there's something very interesting um, within that but I, I, yeah I love the individual nature of, of, of that of the hoodies as well yeah, and maybe we could give because I, I think for that, like if you, you know, do it for your team, and then maybe there's like fifty that you can have um, on top of that for some of your investors, and you can be like, all right, Jay, Doug, like we're going to do some sewing, and we're going to, you know, we're going to yeah. sew stuff for some people as a gift, and hey, we sewed this together. We thought about the stuff you told us about your values, and um, you know, we wanted to kickstart it as a gift, and and off you go. But it, nice to have that that um. That human touch and then in terms of the well, fabric have you got any thoughts like um on what you'd like it to be made out of um uh i, I mean just just on that i do like i i really do like that idea of like because actually um uh, even within the company uh, one of the things is we have a lot of like engineers that were trained in engineering but actually ended up like doing like finance or something different um, yeah, obviously we have a lot of software engineers and things like that, but we have a lot of builders. And I would say one thing that um, is is really uh, maybe unique, but like, you know, we're all very still hands-on. We all love the making. And that's one of the things that I think is, is um, uh, we've always really appreciated is like craft, someone that takes a lot of pride in their craft and understanding how things work you know, we do a lot of sessions where, um, you know, the team, our, our, say our engineering team will take through like, oh, this is how you make it. This is how we do this sort of testing. And, you know, so, or someone, um, you know, on the relationship management team will do a big presentation of like how they went about meeting the client and all of that. And so I just, there, there is something within that craft of learning how things are made and, and you know, and, and we spoke about, yeah. It'd be amazing yeah. to me. Um you know, I remember going into the Google office in 2010 in, when it just opened in Australia and then um, they were a big supporter of us early and they, I think we were the first organisation in Australia to get a grant from Google and maybe in Asia. Um, and then they flew me over to like Silicon Valley in like the early 2010s, 2011 or 12 to like hang out with some of their staff. And I just remember like everything feeling like, whoa you know the offices and the bicycles and the cafeteria but one of the things was just that like the automated name tag that 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 you'd get like mm. your own personalized name tag and that touch and you could kind of see you know i could see how you know with these hoodies you could potentially have you know you bring someone in to the office and they go through some of their value experience like at the front door and it's like what are some mm. of the things that you really value? And they maybe pull out some icons and you could have one of your team that's just sitting there in the meeting, sewing badges onto a hoodie 
and that's what they leave with. Like, so, you know, the, the story of it, it gets boxed up, it gets made in front of them and, you know, for an hour of creative time, someone gets to get off the computer and be like, gang, who wants to do the sewing today? And, you know, I'll pull this together for you based on your values and, like, we're really excited to to work with you. Like, you know, it's more powerful than a name tag for, as, a, as a potential next way of evolving that. Yeah. Touch. I like I like. I like also with the team on our team page, uh, um, the the team will kind of sort of have this like, what does sustainability mean to you? And so you could also see like potentially like, you know, for a, if it was for an investor or client, they could, you know, the people that they sort of interact with or, or they sort of met could, you know, those sustainability meetings or the patches they do or the, the thing could be done by them. Yeah. You know, I, I, that, that could be really cool. Um yeah um yeah i also like just that sort of stepping out and doing something therapeutic like sewing you know and and sort of getting that and it, i don't know it's like uh you know it it feels much it's going to be very unique and feels yeah. much different yeah well you're um, putting it in touch on it so yeah that's one playground and then what are the yeah, have you got any thoughts on fabric or um or what you like it to be made out of yeah, I mean, I think the the obviously, uh, you know, um, the sustainable nature of the the sort of fabric is is you know huge for us. Like, and that's what's actually been very hard for us to do. Um, uh, sort of uh, what, like uniforms and things like that is there. Like everything we do has to be put through this lens. So finding suppliers that do you know um, whether it's using sort of you know upcycled. Uh, materials um uh, organic materials um and also the, even the production of them done in a sustainable way that where there's transparency into supply chains and things like that so i think that's um you know that's very interesting i think i i mean there are a lot of interesting these sort of materials that you you've sort of been talking about with seaweed and and mycelium and all of those are very very interesting um and so doing something there could be uh could be cool um but i think just more like the sort of sustainable nature of of um yeah uh, of the materials and the way that it's done is like really important um and and the story behind that you know not only in the creation but you know who who it's who it's done i think is really fascinating yeah, i wonder if there's anyone um in the ethic network we can go away and bounce around offline and just you know, I wonder if there's anyone that's made hoodies or made T-shirts that has some dead stock that we could go, would you like to, you know, get this back in cycle from sitting in a mm-hmm. um, in a hidden office somewhere and we'll go away and we'll rework it and that might be a nice way to, to activate the life cycle of something and, and it would be cool to think about where it goes at the end. Like there's some really good organisations that are potentially taking, like that are taking clothing and then reworking it and either getting it back to thread or... Um, yeah, or we can explore the seaweed hoodie or the mycelium sort of fabric. So awesome, Johnny. That's um that's very, very fun and very cool. Let us go away and we can walk out of the hoodie design lab for a moment and we'll we'll go and cook something up for you guys and, and bring it back to you and and hopefully bring that to life. And as we sort of get towards wrapping up and you think about, you know, us working together with this making of a hoodie podcast, what's um what do you see like we, you know, I, I feel like from my end we um it's it's nice to have a bit of emergent space like you know often in mm. partnerships again like you you get in that we were talking about this with our team this morning or last night like how often once you get out of the creative process of making something or inventing something 
it then moves into production lines and project management and the scope gets narrower and narrower and narrower and it just eventually goes towards this horrible demise where it's nothing near like what it started like and it's like <laughs> by the 20th time you've done it it's lost all its life and everyone's like i hate this thing and it so so how we expand it and open it up um yeah what are some things that are exciting to you and how do you how do you see the making of a hoodie podcast kind of weaving through the ethic landscape or some things that you can envision you know in the future well, I mean, I think that's what's so exciting about just starting this is like knowing, like not knowing where it's going to go or not knowing like each each episode, uh, the sort of outcome or what needs to happen could be completely different. Um, so it could, you know, be everything from like trying to fund a project or it could be connecting people or it could be, you know, like, um, you know, starting starting something new or like a whole new company could sort of emerge from it, you know. And I think that's kind of the piece of it is not being too prescriptive with each thing. It's just following the thread um, and, and seeing, you know, where the sort of the communities that we have can sort of help, um, you know, either bring ideas to life or sort of help, you know, get, get things along further. And so that's what I'm very excited just to see where um, sort of everything will uh sort of come out and not being too prescriptive about the sort of the, the outcome um i think that and uh, you know i think also um there's some really exciting um you know unlikely connections that will happen that you know that that will just sort of generate these sort of ideas and, and new ways of of thinking as well yeah it's gonna be um it's fun and it's also fun like we learned at the start of the pandemic we had to flip out we flipped our whole organization into a daily live tv show and like everybody who was working we we're kind of in that survival mode of how the heck do you be relevant or find relevance and i it, in the process of the last couple of years it's trying to um really unpick and unlearn a number of like of dangerous um, temptations towards what success looks mm. like. And when we started that, I was like, okay, we're going on to YouTube. Um, we've got to find someone at YouTube and we've got to work out a way to get like a million people watching this show. That was a, a, the immediate logic step without unpicking it. I just thought, okay, for, for all of our partners and everyone that works with us, like, and for the kids and like you need big eyeball numbers, you know, we're going to have to make sure we've got a really big audience because big audience equals quality. Um, and over the like we did i think i hosted some like 70 straight daily episodes from my garage and was popping around as a puppeteer and bouncing between like different like hanging out with kids in the continent of africa and america and australia and germany and all around the world and then hanging out with like all these different gnarly people like from um dr jane goodall through to like you know amazing different systems thinkers um and beautiful artists and storytellers and whatnot and by about three months in, I just went, oh, like, I remember reading Paul Kelly's book uh, and who's a musician from Australia. And in his book, he just said very early on in his career, he learned to just play to the people that were listening in the pub. And mm. there might be two people and everyone's talking over you. And I think just going, actually, the trap, the trap in creation is to immediately move it into audience and so with this one even with the making hoodie podcast like we've been working on it for six to nine months with this is our first episode that we will release and we've got about five or six that we've developed and you know we were like oh do we go and meet with spotify and do we sell them the project or like and we did have a meeting and and i just went 
oh, nah, like, you know, in my head, <laughs> got it backed away again. But this time it was easier. The meeting wasn't so much about chasing, like, the big audience. And when they asked, what can we do for you? I was, I actually didn't know. And because mm. I think you've, in part, we've got to let things take their course, which is what I like about mm-hmm. what we're going to do with this. Like, we'll make a podcast every couple of weeks. We'll share it with the two different worlds of people that we work with. And however we do that, it might be via an email to four people or to our mailing list or your mailing list or to whatever. But you'll just make it because it's meaningful and people will find it um, when it's right for them. It's it's such a um, important piece that it's like it doesn't matter about sort of the numbers or that these sort of vanity metrics that you know um, that sort of get done. It's more about the connection that maybe um, one person has with it or multiple. Like uh, I mean, even in my career, like the things that have been meaning, uh, like have meant the most, have been sort of maybe i've met with someone just one-on-one and then you know a few years later they've said hey you know that thing that that you actually very rarely remember you said this one thing and actually i went and developed that and i've actually been you know i've mentioned that to a bunch of people and you're like holy shit wow i never you know i, I never even thought that it's it, it's in those sort of i think the smaller connections that sometimes that you can have such a bigger result um, and yeah, I totally agree. It's not about chasing a particular outcome. It's just seeing what emerges and people will, the, you know, the, the people that want to connect with it will connect. Yeah. And we'll do it healthily and, and that'll be, um, yeah, it's, it's really fun to not know. And have, have and fun. To, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. it, right? It's, it's, it's that, I mean, that, that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's, if we're not having fun, then what's the point? Absolutely. Well, Johnny, thanks for, um, Thanks for bringing joy into um, the world of finance. Uh, thanks for bringing relations and complexity uh, to people that that just didn't weren't aware that there were all these other opportunities. And thanks for everything you've done in your life to to be where you are. And we're really excited to to work with you and the whole Ethic team to um, to just let this Making of a Hoodie podcast emerge in a in a really um, joyful way for people and. Over the next decade, hopefully, this becomes a really rich lab for for creating a lot of positive, rich connections um, and an impactful change that we saw coming and that we didn't see coming as well. Well, thank you and thank you for creating this space. And I'm really, really excited to see um, all the connections that we'll make and all the ideas that will come from it. And it's um, you know, uh, and I and and above all, just to really appreciate you and um and, and all of the team there at aim it's like uh, such a uh, such a great group of people and i'm um and very feel very blessed to uh to have you as a friend uh and to to create with you awesome bro well i've got my brief now i've got to make sure we'll, we're on the clock we'll go and spin up this hoodie for you and the team and let's <laughs> get this thing out there very cool thanks thank, John. You. thank you thanks thanks brother thank you